On August 1st, 2023, Tuesday, Fitch Ratings downgraded the USA from our AAA ratings credit rating to AA+. Stocks dropped the next day. They dropped again today, not as badly. What's going to happen on Friday? And more importantly, throughout the rest of the year, is Wall Street on vacation? Do they care? Are they coming back? Is this a big deal? Is it not a big deal? We're going to also look into what happened the last time that the U.S. was downgraded by S&P Global. That happened August 5th, 2011. There are lessons that we might be able to draw from what happened then to what's happening now, and that might help us to inform our strategy. So be sure to share this important and free video conference with your friends. Again, all they have to do is go to youtube.com forward slash Natalie Pace. You can also email us at info at nataliepace.com if you want, would like a direct link or to ask questions or receive resources that you might learn about in this video. We'll get started momentarily. Okay, so let's dive right in. I, and all of the various URLs and web pages that I'm gonna show you, um, all of the links will be in the description of our YouTube video. So you should be able to access them yourself and go in if you want to go in for a little deeper dive. So here is the uh, page, the web page on Fitch Ratings, where they tell you why they downgraded the U.S. credit. So you can check this out for yourself, but basically it has a lot to do with governance. They were really concerned about all of these debt ceiling crises, but it also has a great deal to do with the massive amount of debt that we have, which is substantially higher than the other AAA rated countries. So here is um, a look at the other AAA rated countries. And I included a couple of double A's because Canada was recently downgraded a couple within, within the last two years. And of course, the United Kingdom has a negative outlook on their AA minus, meaning they could go down to an A. Now, these are all the countries that are still rated triple A. And if you have attended the retreat, what you'll notice is, particularly Australia, you know, you're getting paid a lot higher interest rate if you go for an Australian bond um, or if you go for banks in Australia, they have a higher credit ratings. They typically take on less risk than the U.S. banks. And we're going to look at uh, what that looks like, because those of you that have been reading my blogs, you know, you're aware. Look, whenever you have a country that has a, a massive amount of debt. You also have issues in other areas. So as an example, the most recent um, blog, other than the, I just put up a, a cannabis blog, but the one prior to that a few days ago was about the problem with all of the leverage in our banking system. And you might recall, um, you know, we had major headlines about bank failures just a few months ago. And the Federal Reserve and the White House have done a lot, uh, taken a lot of steps 
to shore up the banks and to uh, try to prevent more failures. There has been one other one that failed. And uh, I did include that in that most recent blog. So you can check that one out. Again, no uh, insured depositor yet has been impacted. Shareholders, yes, you lose it all if your bank fails, right? So it's really important to know the credit rating and the amount of leverage that your particular bank has. We haven't seen a major bank do a restructuring. Um, instead, they all got bailed out. But we certainly have seen a lot of community and regional banks that have. So if you are banking at a community or regional bank, or if you are a shareholder, you know, there were, there were Silicon Valley bank shareholders, there were Signature Bank shareholders, there were First Republic Bank shareholders. So you want to make sure that you're not one of those. But today's focus is going to be more on what is happening. Um, is it, and first of all, I want to talk about this. This happened before, and we are going to examine uh, what happened when it happened before in August 5th of 2011 when S&P Global downgraded the U.S. to AA+. So we will look at what history might teach us. But there's also a stark difference between now and then in that when that happened on August 5th, that was a Friday after 5 p.m. And of course, they do it in August because most of the investment bankers are on holiday and nobody's in, in Washington. None of the senators are there. So they do this when everybody's on holiday. In, um, on August 5th, 2011, everybody had to come back, right? Because it was such big news. That does, that's not happening now. And it didn't even make the front page of the New York Times. So let me show you what that looks like. Um, so here is, let me see if I can find it easily. So here's the front page of the New York Times from the day after. So again, this was another time where they um, announced it after 5 p.m. Eastern, right? So they do that specifically so that it'll make the news the following day. So the actual downgrade came August 1st, but it was after 5 p.m. Eastern. So we didn't see anything in the New York Times on the 1st, but on the 2nd, it didn't even make the front page. You have to go all the way down here, way down, and you'll see that um, in the national news, it was on A12. Right? That was not the case when we, the um, S&P Global downgraded the U.S. credit. So that was the front page, front and center, the top news. And I remember talking with Liz Ann Saunders, who is the chief investment strategist for Charles Schwab. And she was like, look, all of my colleagues, we all had to jump on the first plane and get back to uh, the office to, to figure out what we were going to do with this. I'm not seeing any evidence of that happening. In fact, the Treasury Department said it was ambiguous and uh, you know they, they've been talking about maybe doing this since 2018. And uh, Larry Summers had said something to the effect of kind of discrediting it a little bit, so did other economists. Um, is it something that should be discredited? Not really. I mean, we have a massive amount of debt. So let's take a look at that. Now, of course, we also are the biggest reserve currency. And of course, I promised you that we would talk a little bit more about BRICS. Um, 
But I want to just show you real quickly. So this is some of the um, different debt levels. And as you can see before the Great Recession, when everybody was so massively concerned about debt levels, where we are now is just astonishingly higher than it was then. And we still have very, very high, um, very, very high price earnings ratios as well. So, you know, the leverage and the um, asset valuations and all of this are still pretty substantial and pretty concerning. Now, the one thing that we do have going for us, which is what all of the economists are pointing to, is that so far we, um, we haven't experienced a recession, even with a massive amount of rate hikes, even with the banks failing, and even with you know, 100 billion in paper losses for Bank of America, um, we still are seeing GDP growth. And a lot of this has to do with the American consumer. Now, there was concern because uh, students are going to have to, or former students, college grads, are going to have to start paying back their student loans. And that was scheduled to begin October 1. And then the White House announced that even though people are supposed to pay their student loans back, they're not going to report it if you don't pay it back. They'll give you a year's grace period where if you don't pay it back, then you're not going to get reported to um, you know, the credit rating agencies. That's going to end October 1st, 2024, right before the election. So of course, this is happening to try to help to get the incumbent uh, elected again, right? So this, this is normal uh, presidential you know, shenanigans. It can happen from either party where they're going to try to get keep the economy looking as strong as it possibly can, um, trying to find that White House. I believe it's right here, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So he, this is uh, where he's talking about how he's not going to be reporting to the agencies if you do not. So it's not going to be considered delinquent. Even though you're supposed to start paying, you're not going to be considered delinquent. So these are all things that may keep our economy chugging forward. And, you know, they have been saying, uh, many economists have been saying, hey, we're probably going to have a recession, but it's going to be mild in the second half of the year. That shifted. And now they're saying, um, we think that we might actually land a soft landing. What is the soft landing? That means that maybe we're not going to have a recession. We might not going to have much of a growth to speak of, but we won't have a recession. So that is what's basically keeping, uh, you know, part of the things that are keeping people from being too massively concerned about this. Now, what are the things waiting in the rings? Well, the actual amount of debt, again, I showed you a couple of charts there on that, the asset bubble chart, where debt levels are really at astronomical level at this point. And asset valuations, what do I mean about that? Stocks are expensive. They're uh, very expensive historically. So um, all of these things are negative, but as long as the economy keeps chugging forward and um, there's no headlines about this you know, impacting, like a lot of people probably aren't even aware that we got a credit downgrade from Fitch because it wasn't front page headlines anywhere, not on CNN, not on Fox News, not on, um, you certainly are probably gonna see 
you know, the, the challenging party throw it up as, um, you know, something that they want to talk about for the election, the presidential election, though. But it is, a, it is concerning because some funds cannot invest in anything but AAA. So the fact that we're now AA from two rating agencies, Moody still has us as AAA. So sometimes things, uh, countries can slide in on something like that. Like there's still one country, uh, there's still one rating agency that has us as AAA. So they might be able to get by in some of the bylaws on that, but it can limit what, um, you know, what agencies and, um, you know, not necessarily hedge funds because that's all private equity, but it can definitely impact, you know, how that, that can affect things. So let me uh, take just a quick look here. Ah, let's look back at what happened in 2011. So what happened in 2011 is Wall Street is ahead of the curve. You know, you were hearing notices from me that this is looking like we're gonna get a downgrade before it happened. So Wall Street knows, the insiders know, if something like this is likely to happen or not. Now, in um, April of 2011, that's when we started seeing a lot of selling on Wall Street. And so May, June, July, August was when the actual downgrade happened and September were all down months in 2011 with most of the losses coming even before the downgrade did. But then we had a spectacular October and 2011 ended the year flat. It wasn't down, it wasn't up, it was almost to the you know, 10th of a percentile flat. Now, this time around, again, people are trying to say that it's not an, a, a non-event, that's the economists, that's the politicians. And of course, the, the journalists haven't called them out. They haven't looked at the amount of debt or done anything else. And so the headlines remain more on, you know, the indictment of the former president and, you know, the polling of the president, you know, it's all about the presidential election and also the war in Ukraine and Putin. So it's all this um, politics and um, you know things that are happening around the world rather than the downgrade. And again, if nobody notices it, um, then it gets postponed. Does that mean that the magically disappears? No, not necessarily. But um, what, what, what we definitely are seeing happen is that when, Wall Street makes a, a choice, like especially if they decide there's just too much risk, they move fast. And it's the whales, it's the insiders that do this. So again, I just wanna use the most recent example we had. Between February 19th and March 23rd of 2020, that's about one month, the S&P 500 fell over 35%. And that was before most people even knew we were in a pandemic. So that was all Wall Street and um, a lot of senators that were in the know as well, with all insiders in Wall Street doing that selling. We, of course, got a lot of people that were calling us in March, April, even after that, still freaked out. And what do I do now? How do I recover? So I think what's really important is to understand that 
right now, Wall Street is considering this a non-event. It's not a non-event, but as long as Wall Street considers it to be that, as long as it's not making headlines, and as long as politicians are saying it's not that big of a deal, which they are, um, the ones in power are, I'm sure we'll start hearing the challengers say it is a big deal. It is a big deal. We do need to start learning how to live more within our means and how to stop bailing everybody out. So again, you know, student loans haven't been paid since 2020. Their uh, foreclosures are at a historic low and that's not because everybody can pay their mortgage. It's because over 300,000 homeowners were bailed out this, you know, last 12 months even. So there are, are still a lot of government support trying to make the economy look better than it is. At some point, someone is going to start saying the emperor has no clothes. And at that point, you want to be before that happens because Wall Street moves far too fast for Main Street to, um, to react. You have to be ahead of the curve. You cannot be reacting. And for that reason, we are overweighting 20% safe in our sample pie charts. Another thing that we are doing is that we are um, underweighting value funds that are US-based because these tend to have those companies that are the most heavily indebted. So um, again, you, you're, you're getting a higher credit rating if you can substitute maybe Australian value fund. Uh, there are other, just other countries where not only is the risk lower, but the yield is higher. So that's one of the other strategies that we are using as well. Now, I do wanna show you why we are underweighting value in the US and give you another statistic. So, these are financial services companies in the US. And this is uh, updated as of July. So a lot of them, uh, again, the highest credit rating is AAA. The lowest is investment grade is triple uh, B. If it like these BBB minus ones, if they go down to BB, if they get a credit downgrade, then, um, then they are junk bonds. Here are the banks. Look how many banks are at the lowest rung of investment grade. And I want to remind you that First Republic, which had to be bailed out and is now part of J.P. Morgan Chase, it was rated A minus. And the week that um, all these banks came together to rescue it before it was actually folded into J.P. Morgan, it was rated A minus. And it went straight from A minus to failing. So it's, there's a lot of debt and this must be cycled through. In fact, we're already starting to see a lot of corporate bankruptcies. In fact, it's, you know, it was almost nothing in the uh, pandemic because the, you know, the Federal Reserve and the Treasury gave out, you know, money to everybody with a pulse. But we are seeing, um, you know, big jump in corporate bankruptcies, Bed Bath & Beyond, you can think of a few, right? And, um, and so you wanna make sure that you're not a part of those, right? And the best way to do that in general would be on your value funds where there tends to be more debt and slower growth. Um, you wanna 
in, in our view, you want to maybe take a country diversification approach there. And again, we are giving you a lot more information on this at our investor educational retreat. So the next one is October. It's going to be October 7th through the 9th. All you have to do is simply go to nataliepace.com. And if you scroll down, you'll find uh, the flyer right there. If you click on that banner ad, then you're going to get all of the information about this um, particular retreat. Now, that's two months out. So if you really want to make sure that you're ahead of the headlines, then you might want to consider getting an unbiased second opinion through our private coaching program. I can take a look at everything you've got. I can uh, put it in an easy to understand pie chart. I color code each and every one of your holdings, you know, and tell you what's toxic, what's good, what you have too much of, what you don't have enough of. And you then have a blueprint that you can use immediately. So if you are interested in an unbiased, again, it's unbiased because I don't sell financial products. I have no financial incentive to say, buy this, don't buy that, because I'm not getting anything on the back end for it. We simply want to empower you with the news information and education you need to be the boss of your money so that you don't have to have blind faith because managed accounts do what the market does. When the market does great, that's fabulous. But we have seen that in the 21st century, you know, we saw in the pandemic that stocks dropped 35% in one month, right? And then it was saved by us printing up trillions over five, about $5 trillion and passing it out to everybody. That doesn't happen in the next recession. We can't. The, the, debt, the debt ceiling had been suspended during the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, and that's why they were able to just react like that. That's not going to be the case in the next one. So very important that you're, again, ahead of the headlines. And I want to remind you that Great Recession, stocks dropped 55%. And in the dot-com recession, they dropped 78%. In the NASDAQ, it took 15 years to come back. 15 years. Now, one last chart that I want to show you, and that is the performance of last year. So as you can see here, long-term bonds lost more money than stocks did last year. So that's a, a big problem, right? Because bonds are supposed to be on the safe side. They're not supposed to lose money. So again, this is another reason why it's a good idea to know what you own in your RSP, your 401k, your IRA, your TSFA. You really want to know what you own because you might be losing money on the safe side. And if that's the case and your at-risk side loses, then you could be losing more than was lost in Great Re Recession or the dot-com recession because in both of those, bonds earned gains. And that's how people that used our pie chart strategy, they didn't lose money. They earned gains because they had enough protected and safe so that the amount that they lost was a small amount and the safe side earned enough to make up for the small amount of losses on the at-risk side in both dot-com and Great Recession. Now, going forward, you can make a yield in a world where, you know, the Fed fund rate is at 5.25, right? You can. It's just a bit tricky. And that's why we spend one full day on what's safe in our investor education retreat. Of course, you're also going to get 
um, a tutorial on that in our private coaching in the second opinion as well. So one last thing about uh, lessons learned from 2011. When people did, you know, say, wow, the U.S. got downgraded to double A plus, right? What happened is that gold soared. That's when gold went to its all-time high. So did silver. So having a hot slice of a safe haven could be something that benefits you. At some point, gold and silver will likely decouple from stocks. Like right now, gold and silver, usually if stocks are doing well, they don't do well. And of course, we have seen that. Like in the last decade, gold and silver were the worst performers. Now, going forward, again, a safe haven, especially when people say, oh, I'm, I don't believe the dollar's being propped up and, you know, they get a little bit concerned about this downgrade, then gold and silver could come into favor. Now, gold is close to its all-time high, whereas silver is still half as of its all-time high. So silver's trading around $23 an ounce and its high was more like 47 whereas gold is very close to its all-time high, which is just a little bit above 2000. So um, these are all things that, again, having a balanced plan and rebalancing once, twice, or three times a year, you don't have to hinge yourself on every headline. You wanna be prepared and ahead of the headline rather than trying to react to something that already happened because Wall Street is gonna move two or three months before it happens because they know it's gonna happen. We get ample notice again you know i'm not um sitting in a c-suite on on uh you know down in uh, wall street but you get ample notice from these various credit rating agencies or the data and the statistics that we're all looking at about what's happening um so in short Yes, it's a big deal. Yes, we have a lot of debt. Yes, we have to stop bailing everybody out all the time. We need more fiscal responsibility. Um, and at the same time, we may have a soft landing this year. So that may mean that, um, that Wall Street is going to ignore the credit downgrade for as long as they possibly can. Now, it is also possible that they come back from holiday at the end of August and start selling in September. And September is traditionally the uh, worst performing month of the year. So it is possible that they start delevering a bit in September. And that's something to watch out for. And again, that's why I strongly encourage any of you who don't know what you own. And again, it, a lot of people say, oh, well, I don't have that much control of your 401k. You have a lot more control than you realize. So, you know, there are various things that can happen, including. I would, you know, what, one of the easiest things to do, which people should start early, is that, you know, you go into your 401k up to the match, and then you also consider a health savings account and also a Roth IRA. That's where you can get more financial freedom and also get your HOTS in there. Um, and with the health savings account, that could be saving you tens of thousands of dollars a year. All right, so all of this and more at the retreat. Obviously, it's spelled out in my books. And of course, it's also a big part of my private coaching. Thanks for joining me today. And um, yeah, we'll be always keeping you abreast of the news as much as we can before it makes the headlines. All right, again, you can reach me at nataliepace.com. You can always email us at info at nataliepace.com. 
I would love it if you would follow me on social media. And um, it's pretty easy to find those. Just go to nataliepace.com. Uh, you can see that I have actually an Instagram feed there. So you can, you know, click there and just follow me on Instagram. Um, also, there's Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram's there, LinkedIn, email, uh, my podcast, Apple and Spotify, and of course, YouTube channel, where you're going to be able to watch this back. And I do recommend that you do watch this back on YouTube and share this with your friends. Also, remember, you're going to get the links to all of these various web pages so that you can go in a little deeper if you desire and look and see what, you know, the Treasury Department is saying about this or Fitch Rating said when they were downgrading us or the White House said about the student loans, all of the things that I've been mentioning, you can dive in deeper if you'd like. So again, thank you for joining me and um, I'll see you at the retreat and some of you I'll see you before in some private coaching.